Good morning, a very warm welcome to you. And uh, are we saying Happy New Year? Is that a thing at this point? <laughs> Happy New Year, if that is the thing. Happy New Year to you. I uh, hope you've had a good Christmas. Uh, it's great to be able to, to be together again to, to worship the Lord together. If you're a guest here, please do make yourself uh, known. It'd be great to just connect with you afterwards. We're going to have some coffee and refreshments in the back hall. Uh, please do stay afterwards to spend some time together. Also through the service, there will be a creche available uh, at any point. If you want to take the little ones out at some point, uh, please do. There'll also be S Club as well. Uh, this morning we're thinking about, um, it's, a, it's a one-off uh, passage looking at 2 Corinthians 5, verse 16 to 21, with the title, A New Year and a New You. Sometimes, maybe it's a little bit old school, the New Year's resolutions, some people still some, some will still do them. But we're not actually thinking about just trying to make a better us, to be a, a better person, but actually to remind ourselves of who we are as a new creation, uh, that we have been made new, and we have been made new through the forgiveness that we receive in Jesus, that we've been reconciled to God. And it's through that forgiveness that we can praise the Lord. Uh, recently, we just finished uh, the book of Micah, the minor prophet, And one translation of chapter 7, verse 18 to 19, it says this. Lord, who is a God like you? You forgive sin. You forgive your people when they do what is wrong. You don't stay angry forever. Instead, you take delight in showing them your faithful love to them. Once again, you will show loving concern for us. You will completely wipe out the evil things we've done. You will throw all our sins into the bottom of the sea. It's wonderful knowing that that is true of us when we trust in the Lord Jesus. Let's just pray together as we come to remind ourselves of that truth. Oh Lord Jesus, we thank you for the gift of the forgiveness of sins that we have because of what you have done for us. And we pray, Father, as we come to worship you this morning, that we would have hearts which are just captured by that, that we would be people who worship and praise you for all that you have done for us. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, as we uh, look forward to the new year, we do have a, a verse for the year. Uh, there's little cards just on the concourse there on the table out there. So if you want to grab one uh, when you pop out, pop it on the fridge, uh, then please do take that. Uh, in terms of the service this morning, uh, there should be or there will be uh, two, two parts um, to be able to share really from the past year, the year that's gone. There'll be two sections. Uh, the first will be uh, trials and challenges and how God has met us in those. And the second one will be uh, thanksgiving and things to, to give thanks for what, what the Lord has done in the, in the past year, 2023. And so uh, can I encourage you to, to share? Can I encourage you to do that um, briefly and as appropriate, uh, that we would be able to encourage one another, uh, that we'd be able to encourage one another, point one another, to the Lord Jesus in all things um, as we seek to encourage one another in the Lord from the year that's gone and as, as we look forward to the year ahead as well. Well, we're going to uh, spend some time just to be able to, to share uh, with 
with one another. Um, Before we share with everyone, maybe just take a a minute or two just to share with the person beside you. The first section we're looking at, thinking about um, maybe the hard times, trials, um, challenges from the past year. The things that you've gone through this past year, which have been really difficult, and how the Lord has met you in that. So if you want to just chat with your neighbor just for a couple of minutes, and then we'll share that together. Thank you. I'll be, uh, I'll be running with the roaming, uh, so uh, I can come upstairs, but I'll probably do it in a batch. Um, if you can, if you're able to share, please do, please do, uh, do that. To, we want to encourage one another. Uh, do it briefly, which means 60 seconds, 60 seconds roughly. No, I'm not setting a timer, but briefly, and uh, as appropriate, obviously, as well. So who would like to, to share something? Don't be shy. Here we go. Oh, David and Francis. Well, for me, one of the biggest challenges was after being in Senegal for Christmas, coming back to the UK and going to a Christian college where I sort of expected everybody worshipping Jesus as the way we do here. And there was a massive reverse culture shock with the financial privileged people there who don't believe Jesus is the only way to heaven. But the love and support I got from this church family and particularly Colin phoning me up nearly every day to make sure that I was all right. The care, that care, and the sense that people were praying for me, my prayer support partners were praying for me as well in this, just really encouraged me. And then after college, the amount of blessings I've had this year of answered prayer, every time I send out a prayer letter requests, within a few weeks it's been answered, and meeting people that have predicted it will be answered in so many days, and it happens in those days. It's just such an encouragement to know that the Lord's working and opening all these doors for me. I don't want to say anything specific other than what the um, two lines from the last um, song that we had. In faith receive from him, no work too hard for him. Um, I thoroughly believe that. I'm sure most of us do. But if you don't, I would just encourage you to ruminate on those words because they are so true. No work is too hard for him. And in faith, we need to receive from him. Praise the Lord. Uh, there are so many things uh, I would, uh, you know, reflect on the past year or years and to thank God for. Uh, you know, through so many situations from, you know, family, work and everything, God's been so wonderful. So I just want to thank him for that. So, in, uh, yeah, in every situation, if there's one thing that has remained constant and uh, I can, you know, say that is his goodness. His goodness and his faithfulness is never changing, and uh, his love. So I really want to thank God for revealing his, himself, you know, more and more, and uh, blessing us as a family. And I really want, uh, you know, to encourage everyone to, uh, you know, to, uh, you know, to really get to know his goodness and his love and his uh, will and purpose in our life uh, through his word. And, uh, you know, and through the gift of the Holy Spirit that he has given us uh, in our hearts to dwell. Thank you. Anyone else? Trials and challenges from the past year and how the Lord's met you in that. It's just been um, some of the trials of walking with people um, at work. I've had two colleagues this year who've um, been on a cancer journey and have shared that with me. And one of the most amazing things of that is being able to share with them the good news that people are praying for them. 
and seeing them crying, um, just moved by that fact. So that's been amazing. Thank you. Very briefly, because I can't say too much online, but um, a year ago, I would say that I was facing the most difficult and serious situation I've ever faced in my in my business, and. Uh, it took another eight months until the middle part of August this year for that to resolve, but it's been amazing, really, in terms of what the Lord has done and uh, helping me to really understand that he is the Lord, he is king, and no work is too hard for him. I, complete, I literally picked up on what Francis said earlier on about that. that, that is, those words are so true. Very tiny little verse. Um, Proverbs 18, verse 10, the name of the Lord is a fortified tower. The righteous run to it and are safe. I'm the last person to want to speak publicly, but after getting Colin's email last night, I thought, I really want to honour God and tell you what happened to me. Um, September 12 months ago, I was diagnosed with bowel cancer. Um, While I was waiting and having um, various um, consultations, uh, John Billet used to come round and pray with me um, very regularly. And he gave me this text, and it's, And the Lord of all grace, who called you to the eternal glory in Christ, after you have suffered a little while, will himself restore you and make you strong and firm and steadfast to him be the power forever and ever and another thing I um, read somewhere was for this I have Jesus and that's been my mantra the whole time and um, I also read somewhere that God shows his love through people uh, to us and people have been so kind and supportive and concerned and most of all they've prayed and um, I've known they've prayed because I've had such a peace and um, recently I was uh, uh, cleared Uh, none of us know how for what a day will bring but I just feel I've been given a second chance of life and um I'm really enjoying it, enjoying the little things and all that uh, God provides for us. I'm very grateful. So thank you for your support. I think, uh, if I can be selfish and share one, um, I think uh, many people, um, you lift up marriage as a big thing. It is a big thing, but it's also a hard thing. And I think... uh, Getting married the first few months, you realise how how impatient, angry, and uh, just <laughs> sinful uh, you are. And certainly that's been the case for me in, in the first few months of marriage. Understanding that actually, I thought I was a really patient person until my pe- patience was tested. And and so uh, and you see that actually in that, I'm thankful to that to those those hard times because you see how the Lord works in you. And to lead you to repentance and lead you to being closer with the Lord and, and ultimately with your wife as well. So uh, grateful to God for the, the hard things uh, as he shapes us through them.
you've given me the courage to um, say that I echo what people have said. Uh, um, and there are so many things that come into our lives which uh, cause us to be worried or uh, cause us to find uh, things hard. And for me, um, I know that when I have gone through difficult times, I've uh, got quite low. And um, so to to hold on to the promises of God and to pray through the thoughts, the anxious thoughts or the fearful thoughts, uh, and to know that that it doesn't mean that immediately I'm better, but that's an ongoing process, um, has been uh, such a, a change in me over the last few years and has made such a difference to the way um, uh, that God has uh, God has changed me, and I and I am so glad and so grateful for it. But it's it's ongoing, and I'm so grateful for those around me who also come and pray with me or um, listen um, and uh, help through those ongoing times. So thank you. I'll pass on to James, who will pray for those things and, and others. Uh, whatever you like. Uh, Shall we just pray through those things? Father God, we come before you with so much to be grateful for, but also with our need for your forgiveness, help, and blessing. Forgive us, Lord God, for all that we've done wrong through thought and word and deed, and what we have left undone. We are truly sorry. Thank you that as we read your word, the Bible, we see that you always had a plan to save us through the life and death of your Son, our Saviour, Jesus Christ. Thank you that Jesus, who was without sin, took upon himself our sin, so that we might be cleansed and made righteous in your sight. Let's just take a moment to lift up those things to God that we would like to confess to him in our hearts and to ask him for his forgiveness. Forgive us, Heavenly Father, we pray, for all that we've done wrong, And we ask this in the name of Jesus. We thank you, Father God, that through all the trials and challenges we face in this life, you are with us. Thank you for what's been shared with us this morning. Thank you, Lord, for the way in which you provided for Dave that love and support of the church family. Thank you for all those prayers and answers to prayers throughout the year. Thank you, Father, for the way in which you've supported Kavita and the family uh, through the family situations, work situations, and just been so wonderful. Your your goodness has been constant. And Father, thank you for the way in which Nigel's been able to share with those at work um, who are going through hard times, share the good news of you and that people are praying for them. Thank you, Lord, for John and for being with him in his work situation. Uh, It's just amazing what you've been able to do to try and resolve things that were so difficult. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father, for for answering prayer. Thank you, Lord, for that healing from bowel cancer. Pray, Lord, for continued health and wellness. Thank you, Lord, for just your love. Thank you, Father, for um, teaching Colin through marriage to be patient, to see the need to, um, when you come together as one, to be able to to change and to be shaped. 
And thank you, Lord, for the encouragement that you've given to Caroline through the challenging times when she's felt worried. Thank you, Father, that um, you've been there to support her. Friends have been there to pray for her and to encourage her. We pray, Lord, for continued encouragement for her and blessing on her. And, Father, for all of us, thank you, Father, for being with us and guiding us um, in those difficult times. And, Lord, we just lift up to you, um, we think today of Kathy Andrews, and her family following the death of her mother and stepfather. Thank you that despite that tragic car accident, Kathy was able to spend time with her mother before she departed this world for your kingdom. And thank you that you've upheld the family. And we pray that you continue to do so. And Lord, we pray for John Ismay and Louise Ludlow in hospital. We pray for their families, that you would strengthen and uphold them. We pray for all of those who are undergoing treatment or awaiting results. And Father God, we thank, uh, we thank you for we think of all those hard times that, that we or those we know personally are going through right now, whether for reasons of health or problems with work or family or the loss of loved ones or loneliness. Let's just pause for a moment and lift to God all those we know and anything that we're going through and ask that he would strengthen, encourage, comfort, and bless them and us. Father, we pray for the hard times that many are going through in this country and ask that you would give wisdom to this government and those in authority as they seek to help, including by resolving pay disputes, supporting those in need, helping build up the economy and meeting the health and education needs of all who live here. We also pray, Father God, for the hard times those around the world face and lift up to you in particular the conflict in Gaza and in the Ukraine and ask that you would bring peace. We pray for all of our missionaries, a number of whom live in countries or experience situations that are difficult at times. We pray that you would guide, guard and bless them. We pray that you would keep them and their ministry safe and may they bring light to this world in all that they do. Father God, thank you that through believing in Jesus, we are reconciled to you. Thank you that in knowing you, we can know the peace that is beyond all understanding. We ask that you would guard our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus, and help us to share the good news of Jesus and what he has done, so that others might also be reconciled to you and know your love, joy, and peace. Father God, we ask these prayers in the name of your loving, our loving Saviour, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Um, again, just thinking about uh, sharing, so maybe just share with your neighbour things which are praiseworthy, thanksgiving from the past year, and then we'll, we'll share together. So go for it. Again, if you'd like to be bold, uh, sharing as appropriate, 60 seconds ideally, and uh, then we'll be able to encourage one another from the year that's gone. So please do pop your hand up if you're in the balcony, or if you're not, then uh, it would be great to be able to share something. Well, as you know, I get to send out a lot of church emails and a lot of prayer emails, and it's amazing how the church family just respond to those and very often people think that they are responding to the person who it's about 
And so they send their answer to me. <laughs> and so I then quickly forward that to the person. But the encouragement that goes on within this church family, it's amazing, it's priceless. And the way that people love each other and think and care for each other, and what I see in the church office through that is amazing. And the, also the words of encouragement to me, sometimes I just get them randomly for just what I'm trying to do. And so thank you for those as well. Uh, last Sunday, after that lovely Christmas service, we were told that a member of our family has appeared in the church. Well, the last time Rob came to this church was 28 years ago, when our daughter died. And he'd never been here since. He came over to see us, but he had time to spare, went into the graveyard to talk to his parents and to our daughter, then came in, still the service hadn't ended, he walked in, and when we saw him, he was almost crying. He said, I have never experienced love like it when I've walked into any building. Thank you all very much. Um, yeah, just um, uh, just wanted to encourage you that um, uh, for the, those of you who have uh, children who um, aren't believers, um, one of the things which I've been encouraged by over the, over the years here is just to never stop praying for your children, um, even when they seem a long way away uh, from the Lord. And um, <clears throat> just um, something joyful for us this year has been that um, our eldest son has started to go to church. Um, he's joined a home group. And um, it's, you know, it's just a joy to us that, um, that, that he's coming back to the Lord and, um, he's, uh, and, and there's nothing more special than actually your children um, coming back to the Lord. So that's been a really uh, important thing for us this year. Thanks. One thing that struck me this year and has been real encouragement is waking up each day knowing that Jesus is with me and that he loves me and he saved me. And the people I've met this year who can share the same testimony and the people you'd never dream of you'd meet that have got a similar story has been such an encouragement and I've made some really good friends in Christ, brothers in Christ who meet with regularly to pray and that has just been such an encouragement knowing that God is listening and answering and the testimonies we hear this morning is just uplifting and encouraging. Well, in the last uh, two years, we have sold one house, rented one house, and bought one house. And the moves and all the work which is a part of that has been, was enormous. But we are deeply grateful to our family, and particularly to Caroline and John, and we give thanks for that. But... We also want to pay tribute uh, to this church, this community, this, this group of brothers and sisters in Christ because they provided us with exactly the sort of widespread concern and love uh, which made our lives much easier. So thank you, thank you, all of you. Okay, well, I thought the balcony should do something, so um, uh, hopefully this is helpful. Um, 
but God knows um, where we're at every day. And I think his word um, uh, informs us of that certainty, um, and I'm constantly surprised when I do turn to his word uh, that it's often a word in season. Uh, So excuse me if I get slightly upset, but uh, for those that know me, uh, that's the way I'm built. Um, So uh, the reading from the 29th of December from um, Spurgeon's Morning and Evening, which is my uh, daily reading, uh, thoroughly recommended if you don't know it, um, uh, is based on 1 Samuel 7, verse 12, Hitherto hath the Lord helped us. So I'm going to read this because I think it's uh, profoundly helpful. I found it profoundly helpful. The word hitherto seems like a hand pointing in the direction of the past, 20 years or 70, and yet hitherto the Lord has helped. Through poverty, through wealth, through sickness, through health, at home, abroad, and on the land, on the sea, in honor and in dishonor, in perplexity, in joy, in trial, in triumph, in prayer, in temptation. Hitherto hath the Lord helped us. We delight to look down uh, a long avenue of trees. It is a delight to gaze from the end to end the long vista, a sort of verdant temple with its branches, uh, <clears throat> with its branching pillars and its arches of leaves. Even so, look down the long aisles of your years <clears throat> at the green boughs of mercy overhead and the strong pillars of loving kindness and faithfulness which bear upon your joys. There are no birds, uh, are there no birds in yonder branches singing? Surely there must be many and they all sing of mercy received hitherto. But the, Lord also, but the word also points forward, for when a man gets up to a certain mark and writes hitherto, he is not yet at the end. There is still a distance to be traversed, more trials, more joys, more temptations, more triumphs, more prayers, more answers, more toils, more strengths, more fights, more victories, and then comes sickness, old age, disease, death. Is it over now? No, there is yet more. Awakening in Jesus' likeness, thrones, harps, songs, psalms, white raiment, the face of Jesus, the society of saints, the glory of God, the fullness of eternity, the the infinity of bliss. Oh, be of good courage, believer, and with grateful confidence raise thy Ebenezer, for he who hath helped thee hitherto will help thee all thy journey through. Uh, If I don't speak, it would be a guilty silence, so bear with me. But I will be brief, trust me. Uh, Some of you will know two years ago I had an accident on my allotment, which resulted in excruciating pain for the next 14 months with uh, physiotherapy, acupuncture, osteopath, and all this sort of thing. Um, And painkillers as much as I could tolerate But I recall at some point in the church, uh, somebody came to me of whom, unless I am getting forgetful, I can't remember who it was, but put his or her arm on my shoulder and said, clearly you're in discomfort. I was, had um, a lot of discomfort listening to long sermons. Um, And... and, Uh, there was this uh, prayer and I know that somebody said coincidences stop happening when we stop praying and I think there's something in that 
But within the course of time, I woke up one day and I was free of pain. And because perhaps some people have overdone healing, many of us as believers have underdone that. But what I would like to say in conclusion is this, that um, God uses angels. And I think that day in church, uh, that was an angel uh, among us. Of course, angels come in different ways. The whole of Christmas is about angels talking. And on that point, I'm going to finish other than to say that if... Uh, there were two things that came out of it. Number one, I was very touched that somebody should speak to me like that after the service. And number two, it's been a long time since I spoke to somebody else like that. So why don't we think along those lines and reach out to each other? Uh, thank you, Colin. I hope that was brief enough. <laughs> ish. Ish. Uh, well, I think that we're out of time for that. Um, let me just give thanks as well. My bride is sitting up there. We got married in June. So I give thanks to God for, uh, for getting married to Vicky. And uh, as we seek to live our lives for the Lord and point one another to Jesus. Had to put that in. The psalmist says, I will give thanks to you, Lord, with all of my heart. I will tell of all your wonderful deeds. I will be glad and rejoice in you. I will sing the praises of your name, O Most High. Let us pray. Lord Jesus, our loving Heavenly Father, we praise you and we give you thanks for your many blessings to us as individuals and as a fellowship over the past year. We see your tender mercies shown to us in so many ways and we are so thankful. Your heart is always towards us, even when we fail you and let you down. Your mercies to us are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Father God, we thank you for your tender mercy shown towards Jacqueline and Tom. Lord, as Rob came to visit this church. Father, we thank you for, Father, your touch upon his life. Father, we pray, Lord, that that might be the start of a journey, Lord, to, towards you. Father, of drawing close to you. Lord, of knowing you as his Lord and as his Saviour. Father, as we look back on this past year, we are reminded of answered prayer, and perhaps for some, the prayers which we have prayed for so many years. We thank you, Lord, that there is power in prayer. Father, may we be encouraged and strengthened to know that you are the God who sees us and who knows us and listens to us when we pray. Father, we thank you, Father, for answering the prayers of James and Juanita, Lord, for their son. Father, we want to lift before you those that we know in our own hearts of our family that don't, know, don't yet know you. In your hearts, just lift them before God now. Father, we thank you for the reminder, Lord from Francis, that nothing and no one is too hard for you. Father, thank you that you walk with us through good times and through storms of life. We thank you that you are our very present help always. We praise you, Lord, for the many blessings that you've poured out on us, for the encouragements we have seen through the life and work of the body of your church here in Long Crendon, for lives changed by Christ, 
for those who have come to know you as their Lord and Saviour, for those who have taken the step of obedience in baptism, and for the amazing testimonies of all those on the recovery support programme. We thank you that your word is preached in spirit and in truth. We thank you for the ongoing one-to-one Bible reading, for the Sunday evening youth club Bible study, for the teaching we received at the church weekend and at the Keswick Convention. Isaiah says, As the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return to it without watering the earth, so is my word that goes out from my mouth. It will not return to me empty, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. Lord, we bless you and praise you for how we've seen your hand shaping and guiding us, for the sending of Cal and Tash to Buckingham, for developing and growing Colin as a pastor, and for the opportunity he has to serve you in Plumstead, for witnessing Dave's green Dave Green's journey as a non-believer to a missionary heading off to PNG next month. For the new members in our church family, for the young families that have joined us, thank you that you are shaping us as a church family. For the deepening of relationships within our various ministries in the life of our church, we thank you. Help us to be open to the prompting of your Holy Spirit, as Jeff has testified this morning. Help us not to pass by on the other side, Lord, but to be open to you. Help us, Lord, to be willing to be as clay. Shape us and mould us. Make us vessels that can be used for your glory in the year ahead. We ask this, Lord, in your precious name. Amen. Thank you, Helen. Please do. Afterwards, please do share some encouragements with one another, share challenges and how the Lord's met us. We want to be able to encourage one another as we go into uh, the new year. I wonder, and this message will be briefer as you look at your watches. This, uh, as we think about um, the new year, uh, a new year and a new year, a new you, I wonder, does anyone know who this guy is? Does anyone know who this guy is? Shout out his name if you know who he is. Does anyone know his name? No, neither did I. <laughs> his name is, if I can click it. Can you click me? Brian Johnston. <laughs> Does anyone know why he's famous? What's he famous for? Does anyone know why he's famous? Yes, Sam. He is the guy that's spending lots of money to try and stay young. Perfect, perfect. That is exactly his life. Brian's life is like a science experiment. He is 45, but has the real physical age or biological age, he says, of 36. Because he takes extreme measures to avoid aging. He takes 101 pills a day. More than the one vitamin D that most of us take. And he does all sorts of unusual treatments, exercises, and therapies. He doesn't eat past 11 a.m. a.m., not p.m., a.m., and he goes to bed at 8.30, which I think is ideal. But (laughs) he thinks it's it's possible to live forever, and he believes that on the course that he's taking right now that he will live until he's 200. 
we'll see. <laughs> he grew up, his, his journey is that he grew up as a, a Mormon in the state of Utah, uh, but he doesn't practice religion anymore. And yet at the very same time, does his life not seem very religious? Does he not seem like he wants to live forever? And he wants eternal life. As there's something in all of us, isn't there? Because all of us never really want to die. As we know that this is the world that it's not supposed to be. The world is not the way it should be in our hearts and in our minds when we see illness and sickness and death. And no doubt there's a lot to learn from, from Brian's life and having lots of sleep, taking some vitamins, exercising and eating well. But that's not really our greatest problem, is it? In fact, it's not even the fact that one day we will all die. Our greatest problem is that when we die, we will meet the Lord. We'll all come before God on that day of judgment. And that day is the day in which we will have to give an answer to him. Because our greatest problem is that we have all sinned against God and all been separated from him, both now and eternally. As we think of the passage this morning, that is the big command throughout, or that is the big command that stands out, that command to to be reconciled to God, to be reconciled to God. If you're uh, if you've got your Bible there, we're in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 16 to 21. The, the words will be on the screen as well, but if you want to follow along, please do. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 16 to 21. So from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. Though we once regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old is gone, the new is here. All this is from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Let's pray as we come to God's word. Father God, we pray that you would illuminate your word by your spirit, that you would speak to us this morning, that we would leave here transformed as we meet with you, the living God. Pray that your spirit would be at work in us, transforming us into the image of your son. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, the the command that that jumps out on this passage really is to be reconciled to God, to restore what was once broken, restore our relationship with God, which was once broken. As reconciliation is crucial because being reconciled to God 
You can flick the slide on there. Being reconciled to God it makes us three things, really. Being reconciled to God makes us a new creation. It makes us ambassadors for Christ. And it makes us right with God. Being reconciled to God makes us a new creation. makes us ambassadors for Christ. And it makes us right with God. And so firstly, being reconciled to God makes us a new creation. Well, Paul opens by saying that we, we no longer regard anyone from a worldly point of view because he says we used to think about Christ like that, but not anymore. What he's saying is really connected with what comes before in the passage, that we, we really, we used to live for ourselves. But we no longer do, he says. No, today we live for Jesus. As I am not the center of my life, Jesus is. That's why many people say that Paul's gone completely mad. As to live a life wholeheartedly for Jesus and not yourself seems crazy. Because for many today, the individual is king. And that is that life is all about me it's all about me my dreams my reality my self-realization about being your truest self and not denying yourself any thoughts or emotions to do whatever makes you happy so long as it doesn't hurt other people or is critical or of other people Because to deny someone their own self-fulfillment is seen as some to be denying them a human right. But when we think about it, when we think about symbols, what is a symbol, a symbol of love that has historically been used in the world? What would you say that symbol is? It's quite easy. We have one in the building. There's symbols. What would you say? Symbol of love? A heart? You could say a heart. Historically, perhaps, you might just say a cross. A cross, really, throughout Western civilization, has been used to to talk about laying down our rights in sacrifice, in love for other people. There is the heart, but there's also the cross. But what might we say is a symbol of love today? What would be a symbol that you see today that people use to represent or symbolize love? Is there a uh, a symbol that you would see today that might connect with that? Anyone want to shout that out? Me too. Me too. Me too. Yeah. There's there's lots of different things we could say. There's lots of things you see in the culture today. It's probably one that you see almost all the time, and it is this one, the rainbow. The rainbow, where love is seen through the lens of of inclusion, of self-expression, of self-acceptance, and above all else, tolerance so long as it doesn't conflict with my views. Love today is thought of being really the best version of you that you want to be, or the best version of me that I want to be. As love has gone from what was self-sacrifice to self-expression with no boundaries. But as Paul says in verse 17, he says here, if anyone is in Christ... The new creation has come. The old is gone. 
the new is here. Because in, Christian, uh, in Christ, we're not just a better version. We are totally new. As it says in the original, if anyone in Christ knew creation, it is emphatic. If anyone in Christ knew creation, the old way of thinking, believing, behaving is gone. Completely gone. And how does it happen? Well, it happens at the cross. It happens at the cross as we, as we die to our old self. We die to our old sinful and selfish ways and are raised to new life in the resurrection with Jesus. Because the Christian life is it's not like a phone contract where you get these bolt-ons and add-ons and just add pieces along the way. It's not like losing a little bit of weight or getting a little bit fitter. No, in Jesus, you don't become a better you. You become a new you. Like a car out of a showroom, you are brand new in Christ. As if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. And the thing is, no matter how I feel about myself, no matter what my emotions might say, this is true of me. This is true of who I am. I am a new creation. You are a new creation in Christ. If you are trusting in him, that is who you are this morning. As being reconciled to God makes us a new creation, and being reconciled to God makes us ambassadors for Christ. To be an ambassador for a country, you must firstly be able to represent the views of that country. If an ambassador were to go into a foreign diplomat's meeting and say, well, yes, I know my, my country's views on this, but personally, I disagree with them. <laughs> they probably receive a phone call to say, yeah, thanks very much for your services. You need to come home now. Because you don't represent us. Because firstly, being an ambassador means that we must first understand who we represent. As the call for each one of us before going to tell others about Jesus is to understand that we have been reconciled to God. Because by nature, by nature, we are like that rogue ambassador to say, well, I know God says this. But actually, I think my way is better. Because naturally, we want to do our own thing rather than be reconciled to God and submit to him. We reject God, and so our friendship with him is fractured. But only when we come to see Jesus for who he truly is, that he has come to pay for our sins in full, that our relationship with the Lord can be restored. And we can be reconciled to God. Not through our efforts, but only what Jesus has done for us, dying in our place for our sins. And therefore, we can be reconciled to God and live as Christ's ambassadors, to be his ambassadors with a message. And what is that message? Is it to, to do more, to be a better person, to do good things, to eat better, to stop swearing, maybe to not drink as much as we should? 
No, the message is one of reconciliation. It is the message of verse 19, that God is not counting people's sins against them. God is not counting people's sins against them. And before we go and tell others of of God's forgiveness, we need to know in the depths of our heart that that is true for us. That he does not condemn us. That we have been forgiven completely and fully. As it says in Micah 7, that our sins have been cast into the bottom of the sea. And in that light, how can we not forgive fully other people? Because really, when we think about it, forgiveness is simple. But it's not easy. Forgiveness is simple, but it's not very easy. There's lots of things you could say about forgiveness. But let's think about three things. Three things about forgiveness. Firstly, forgiveness cancels a debt. It cancels a debt. As we think of the the Lord's Prayer, that's exactly what it says. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. When we realize the the depths of our own debt and how much Jesus has paid for it, how can we possibly hold back from other people? How can we possibly keep that debt? We need to cancel it as we have been forgiven ourselves. Secondly, forgiveness costs more not to forgive. It costs more because it actually changes us. It makes us a little bit angrier, a little bit more distant, a little bit more cynical, a little bit harder. It changes us. If we hold back forgiveness from people, it doesn't hurt them. It hurts us. And so if there is someone that you have yet to forgive, someone that you will not talk to deliberately, someone that you will blank, that you will refuse to forgive, then can I call you to, to lay that before the Lord today? Don't wait, but forgive them. Thirdly, forgiveness is an event and a process. You might uh, maybe think about forgiving someone, or you might think about something from, from days, months, weeks, or even, even years ago, that you think, you know, I cannot believe that they did that. I can't believe that they said that. And so, whilst maybe you have forgiven them from a long time ago, maybe it comes back afresh in your mind. You need the Lord's help to be able to to forgive them again. That you have forgiven them, but it is still a process. That it maybe comes up in your mind. And as it comes up in your mind, that you will not bring it up to them again. You will not bring it up in conversation. You will not bring it up in your own mind. Forgiveness means that it has been dealt with. That sin, that sin has been forgiven. God doesn't hold sins against us. How can we do that to others? And whilst this is obviously very complicated, it's not simple, our call is to to forgive. The first step in reconciliation as we think of that, is an acknowledgement of guilt, is to hold our hands up and say, sorry, I was wrong. And sometimes people either can't or won't forgive us. And so it can be painful because we can't reconcile with them. 
But our role is to forgive as God has forgiven us fully and completely. And the rest that we, we leave really in the Lord's hands. As being reconciled to God, it makes us a new creation. It makes us ambassadors of Christ. And lastly, it makes us right with God. The final verse of this chapter really underlines the beauty of who we are in Jesus. As we're told in verse 21, God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Because of all that that Jesus has done for us, we're no longer under the judgment of God because our sins have been completely atoned for and we are made righteous in him. So much so that when God looks at us today, if we're trusting in the Lord Jesus, we stand before him with the same righteousness that he has. We stand before him with the righteousness of Jesus because his spirit dwells in us. Just as it was at Jesus' baptism, the father looks at the son and says, this is my son or my daughter. With them, I am well pleased. Because of Jesus, God delights in us. He delights in you. And it seems too good to be true at times, doesn't it? How can that possibly be true of me? You don't know my life. You don't know what I've been thinking even today. You don't know what I've done in the past. How can that possibly be true of me? I think sometimes our, our lives are a little bit like like TV shows. Uh, you've got the TV show Gordon Ramsay's Kitchen Nightmares, who is a slightly angrier version of me. I, I joke. Gordon Ramsay, very different guy. In one episode, things seem to be to be going really well, but then as you see, it says in this in the show, it says all of a sudden, <laughs> all of a sudden, all the dishes start coming back to the kitchen. And so Gordon, he takes a look at the food and then he goes to the, the big walk-in fridge and he finds the problem. And he says, politely, I'm sure, he says, what is this? What is this? And he finds the problem. There's a cooked chicken lying in the raw juice of a duck. <laughs> Cross-contamination. Because... On all, with all the, the people looking on, the restaurant itself seems really good. But in the back, it's a disaster. Because when it comes to our lives, maybe our front of house is really good. But the question is, what is our stockroom like? Outwardly, we might be really fine looking people. But what is going on in our hearts? Are our thoughts more like the world than those of the Lord. That ultimately, we think that my life is about my wants, my desires, my preferences. That I think, well, I deserve more than what I have from my life right now. Are there people or friends or family that, that we just refuse to forgive? I will never forgive them for what they did. Are there even fellow Christians that we still hold a grudge against and we won't forgive them either? Or are there sins, maybe secret sins that we have yet to tell anyone about? Things from the past that we're unwilling to give to the Lord, still clinging to them. Well, friend, if that is you, let the Lord minister to you today.
Confess them to the Lord. Because in Christ, forgiveness is a gift to be received, not a task to be achieved. Forgiveness is a gift to be received, not a task that we achieve. We're not forgiven by our work, by the things that we do, but by what God has done for us in his son. We're made new by God's grace as we freely receive it. And each morning we receive his grace afresh. But perhaps you're wondering, well, how do I do that? What, what should I do? What, what might be some things to help me in that process? Well, later today I will send out some, some details, but give you some, some resources just as we look into the new year. There's a, a two-year Bible reading plan, uh, which just helps you to go through the Bible just at a slightly slower pace. Obviously, there's the, the one-year reading plan, um, but I'll send out some details about a two-year plan. It just helps you to go through it uh, at a more manageable pace, perhaps. Secondly, the Explore series. Um, really good, helpful in giving you some Bible reading notes if you're not really sure where to begin. It's a good, a good help, a good start. Uh, then you've got some devotionals. You've Alistair Begg's devotions uh, on the, the bookstall out there. Obviously, there's other ones available. Uh, but that's just one. Just gives you a devotion each day for the whole year. Maybe you'd like to look at things online, perhaps YouTube, for example. And then you've got uh, Bible Project. I know that they've got a read the Bible in a year with some videos to accompany it. Some really excellent materials. They give you an, an oversight of every book of the Bible. And, and then lastly, perhaps if you, again, on YouTube, uh, looking at what it means to live out the gospel, you've got Tim Keller, who's got a plethora of talks, uh, but one, the gospel-shaped life is really good. As we think about what it means to live as a new creation today in Christ, as we remember ultimately that because of Jesus, because of him, forgiveness is a gift to be received, not a task that we achieve that's all that we receive from God is his grace in Jesus. It is a gift, God's gracious gift to us as we receive it with empty hands. I close with Tim Chester as he speaks in his book. He speaks about what it means to, to delight in this ourselves. He says, this is what it means to enjoy a relationship with Jesus. Every day, Jesus says to us in the gospel message, I'll do you a deal. I'll take your failures, sin, guilt, bitterness, curse, wrath, and death. And in return, I'll give you joy, love, life, righteousness, and peace. Our job is to accept the deal, hand over our sin, and receive Christ's love. This is what it means to live as a new creation in Christ today. To receive forgiveness. And delight in God's love for us. May we with the Spirit's help know the depths of his love for us. As we look to the year ahead. Let me pray. Father God we thank you for your amazing grace to us in the Lord Jesus. That we have been forgiven fully and totally when we come to you. That we receive your grace afresh. Help us to. Extend that to others. Extend forgiveness, grace and mercy to others. That they don't deserve it, but neither do we. Because that is what grace is all about. We thank you, Lord, for your goodness to us in Jesus. That we can delight in your love. And we pray that you would help us to come to you fresh today.
In Jesus' name, amen.